This is Sports Talk with Jack Wilson on News Talk 770, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Always a pleasure to be joined by the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. He joins us after every single game, Mr. Dickinson. How are you after a hard-hitting game? I'm good. I'm You're good. How are your players? <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, were beat up a little bit, but that's the way she goes. And uh, um, it was a hard-fought game. It really was hard-hitting, some some big hits. Uh, you know, we earned that win, though. The guys played extremely hard. and um, We had a really tough, we felt, stretch of our schedule to, uh, in the last five games, and, and to come out of that 5-0 and was very impressive. Well, you know, it is impressive what this team is doing. As I mentioned off the top, you know, an eight-game winning streak, 16 in a row at home, and, you know, this, this team just, you know, takes a lot of pride, I think, in that home record, Dave. Oh, yeah, we do. I mean, we do because we we think if we can do that and make our, our place one of the more difficult places to win football games and, and win at home, then we hopefully get that home playoff game, and that's what's important Uh now we just got to bid and get the Grey Cup in Calgary. Yes. And, uh, then we'd really be set. So Isn't that's that the, the thing truth? that we, you know, we feel like we, we are tough to beat anywhere, but at home uh, our guys have even played better and, and showed up again. I had John Cornish on my halftime show uh, during that game on Saturday night, and, and I said, the one thing I bet you're real happy about is you don't have to play against that Calgary Stampeder defense. And he said, oh, Jock, I, that would be so tough. And I think Bo Levi Mitchell said the same thing after the game. Uh, your defense is winning games for you big time right now, Dave. Yeah, and I watch the film. I don't see a lot of uh, guys getting open. I see the quarterbacks getting harassed. I see our linebacker play being as good as it's been in the last few years. So don't really have a weak point right now. They've got to understand that people are going to adjust and see what they're doing and uh, try to come up with different ideas to beat them, and they have to make sure they're uh, staying on top of it. And also what I like about it is I don't feel any selfish play. It's like our guys, they just do their job. And if the play comes to them, and they make it, but they're not necessarily trying to do more than what uh, the system is designed to do, and and you can see that's evident, especially in our DBs. You know, they want to make a play, but they they talk it out. They know how to pass routes off, and it seems like they're doing a great job. Offensively, you know, I, I know you got some key pieces out with Spencer Wilson, Devaris Daniels, Lamar Durant, KJ. We can go down the list, excuse me, but um, I, I thought it was great to see Reggie Bagleton score his first CFL touchdown. You know, obviously Mark and Michelle had a, a very important game for you as well. Uh, it is the next man up on offense right now because I, I don't think, you know, and this is my opinion, I don't think the offense has really found their groove yet this year. There's been a couple of games, but not, not through a wide body of work. I, I, I'd agree with you. We, we've got such a high standard. We've been at the top for, for years, and we are uh, certainly different players are in there. It doesn't mean the standard needs to change, and our young guys are stepping up. We we probably have you know a few more busts than normal. We're not, uh, I don't think, as cohesive and uh, up front as we've been. And uh, we've been kind of Jerome's been playing well, but a little bit up and down, been hurt here and there, and haven't really found our run game to be as as efficient as it's been in the past. So uh, we're still playing decent. Uh, I think we have lots of room to improve, but mm-hmm. we take care of the ball, and when plays need to be made at certain points of the game, they they're still getting made. Since you mentioned Jerome, we got to talk about Messam because it seemed like such a dirty hit on him, and, and, and I know you were disappointed in that hit, and I know you talked about that on Sunday through the, the walkthrough. Uh, the NCAA coach has, has the, the targeting rule in place where if there is an intentional hit on a defenseless player above the shoulders, whether he's going down or not, a video 
video replay can make the call to take the player out of the game and, and eject a player. I, I don't know if that is something the CFL should adopt, but uh, it's, it, it's certainly food for thought because uh, to me, and again, this is me again saying, I thought that was a real dirty hit. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm going to let the people handle it that they're supposed to handle it. Um, you know, our, our game is violent and, uh, uh, you know, you never like to see a, a guy get hit, especially like helmet to helmet in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it though. And, uh, you know, I don't like the targeting rule in the NCAA. You don't? Well, why not? Because I, how is somebody supposed to tell me that you actually tried to hit him in the head? If you spear somebody and you lower your crown of your head and you hit him in the head, to me that that's intent. But when you're just trying to tackle him and that guy accidentally kind of ducks and you go head-to-head with him mm-hmm. and you, you had no intent to go there but the guy ducks, different. And I think it can be different. Obviously, a running back can lead with a head when he runs, uh, so it, it certainly is a different deal. What I'd like to see, though, is I feel like the receivers – that don't even have the ball, that are looking to catch the ball, they are not protected in our league. So I've been on it for a couple of years. I know our commissioner's um, talking about it. I don't think the quarterback is the only player that deserves protection. And uh, to me, a defenseless receiver, which has been a rule in, in the NFL and also in college for a while, I think that's a good rule. I just don't think targeting, to me, how does a replay guy decide when mm-hmm. you're targeting the head? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you did take some some heat on Twitter on on Saturday night. You probably don't know that because you're not on Twitter. But uh, some of the fans were, were questioning your your coach's challenge, and, and I, I wanted to ask you this because you know that with only one challenge, you have to really make a, a decision when you're going to throw that challenge flag. I defended you saying it was a good challenge because if you would have not uh, you know challenged that play, you would have been punting into the wind. Probably would have given up some huge field position as it turned out. Out, you know the, the the ball changed. You know field uh, field direction changed going to the second quarter. Uh, you got to punt and got better field position. Uh, when do you decide to make the d- decision with challenges? Now that you only have one in your pocket. Well, it's tough. I mean, they've. Uh, I'm glad you defended me. Though, <laughs> well, you're, you're welcome. I appreciate that. Since we have to talk at least <laughs> weekly, if not more. <laughs> Listen, there's no right answer. Um, you feel like if it's a. I feel like we need the lead. I think our offense, like you said, isn't uh, performing at an elite level right now. If we can get the lead and we can control the game, I think that's pivotal for our team. And we took a sack. I thought that they missed a call. And if you don't want me to throw it then, then I end the game with a flag in my pocket. Uh, There was no other situation that came up that I felt we would have won a challenge on. So, you know, if you, if you question that, then there's no other situation, then you probably, I did the right thing. Now, later in the game, if some big play would have happened and I didn't have a challenge, as would happen in Edmonton, you're going to say it's a wrong decision. So as a coach, we just live with it, and we do our best, and we think that if it's pivotal and you potentially can sway the game, I'm throwing it. If I think I'm going to win, if it's 50-50, I'm not throwing it. But I, I saw that play live with my eyes. And got some help from Pete Costanz up in the box. We felt confident we'd win that challenge, okay. and we did. So, so the timing doesn't matter whether it's first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. It's just you have to be confident that you're going to win the challenge. Confident we're going to win, and I think it's needed. You know, like I felt like, like first down, I wouldn't have challenged that. Uh, but we took a sack, like you said, we were into the wind. Mm-hmm. It was about a twenty of twenty yard uh, difference in yardage. Uh, felt as an offense, we needed some momentum. Uh, and uh, thought that might be the thing that spurred us on to, to get even farther in the lead. So, And I don't want to end the game with that thing in my pocket. Now, I do think, obviously, if you can save it, 
it can bail you out, but also um, I'm not going to wait for the referees to miss a call. Uh, if I feel I've got uh, a call that I can change and it's going to help us win games, I'm doing it. Yeah, fair enough. Dave Dickinson, he's the head coach of your Calgary Stampeders. He joins us after every single Stampeder game. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, I've had my questions. If you want to have a question for the coach, now's the time to do it. 403-974-8255. That's 403-974-TALK. Out of town, 1-800-563-7770. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Sports on 770. You can send your question via email if you like. Jock at Newstalk770.com. More with head coach Dave Dickinson for Tom's House of Pizza, where pizza lovers feel at home. Five locations, including Okotoks, will continue on News Talk 770. We are joined by the head coach of your Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, joining us tonight. The Calgary Stampeders getting ready for a date in Regina, their first ever look at Mosaic Stadium. That is a Sunday afternoon game, a 2 o'clock kickoff. Our Truman Insurance pregame show is on the air at 12.30. All right, the first text that came in tonight is from Kurt, Dave, and uh, Kurt says, um, the Stamps are fifth in scoring within the score zone. Do we need more motion, more imagination, or more execution? <laughs> uh, maybe all three. Maybe uh, all we're three. Looking, we're looking at it, um, and I do have to admit, sometimes when you got the lead, I, I even myself think I call sometimes conservative plays. I, I know my defense is playing well. I know they're stopping people. And I know when we put points on the board and we extend it to to one position to a two position or a three position game, our odds of winning are are much greater. So there are times as a coach. I have to even reel myself in and make the smart decision. So uh, that's part of it, but also we're not uh, making as many plays down there. Um, you know, and also it does come along with uh, uh, sometimes just one guy just stepping up. Uh, sometimes it's one-on-one football, and, and a guy has to make a play, and, and we're, we're still trying to find out which guys we feel are, are best at doing that. And uh, I think we've got room for improvement, though. I think he's right. I think we know about it. We've just got to keep working at it, practicing, and, and hope it gets better. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Let's bring Cliff into the conversation. Cliff, you're on the air with Dave Dickinson. Hey, Coach. Thanks, guys. Uh, Dave, I hope I, this is not a question that's going to uh, force you to have a too long an answer in such a brief time. But you had mentioned uh, Coach stands up in the uh, press box. And uh, just curious, who are all the coaches that go up into the press box? And what roles do you give each one of those guys, both offense and on defense? Okay, uh, uh, well, uh, we kind of split the field, Pete and I, in half. Uh, and then Mark Mueller up there for offenses, uh, he's trying to make sure the fronts and help our offensive line guy. And also he types in our information of our plays. Uh, so when the game's over, we, we kind of can see what they're running against what. Defensively, Brent Monson and Khalil Carter are up there. Uh, Khalil does more of the looking for, uh, you know, PI, DPI, or OPIs and that sort of stuff. He relays it down to me. We seem to challenge more often on offense. That's why Pete, ultimately, uh, I talk with him more. But uh, Brent is doing the same thing. He's in charge of the front end. Uh, so he's looking at the fronts, what they're doing. And then Khalil is in charge of the back end, seeing how, what routes are running against our defense. So we've got a system. We have eyes and uh, trying to have eyes on everyone. And I think we do a great job of it. Okay, great. Is it, is it a matter of, like, within the – so the 22nd clock is running down, and uh, let's say, uh, okay, as far as defense is concerned, uh, you need to know right away, or uh, defensive coaches need to know right away what kind of package uh, the opposing team's offense is bringing on. Is it is it up to uh, Carter to say, okay, uh, three receiver, three running backs in, just like that, and then yeah. – 
we label everything out. So first thing they'll yeah. say they're in deuce personnel, which is two backs. Um, and then they'll basically, um, you know, talk about what's their tendencies in those situations and on the field zones. And, and then, but Devon and Corey Mace on the field are going to call what they think is right. Uh, they make they just get the information. Same with me as uh, they'll run in a certain uh, personnel group against our offense, and then it's my decision to come up with a play to try to beat that. So great communication. And those guys behind the scenes, I'm glad you asked because they don't get a lot of the credit and they don't get down on TV and all that business, and they're just doing a great job upstairs. Great, great no. question, Cliff. Appreciate okay, that. Okay, great insight. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, tell those guys to enjoy the uh, – I'm sure it's a pretty luxurious press box we'll be heading to next week. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe. Mosaic Stadium. We're a little uh, stadium envy here in uh, in Calgary, Cliff. I appreciate that. I think Darren must uh, be in a fantasy football league because uh, he says, Jock, I know it's not the coach's favorite topic, but can you ask for some injury updates? 14, 30, 33, 88, and 89. So uh, there's a lot of players on that list he's asking about, Coach, but uh, let's start off. I guess we'll go from uh, top to bottom. Uh, we'll start with 14, and that's uh, Roy Finch. I you know, I'm not sure exactly where everyone's at because we just had okay. them come in for treatment. We did have quite a few guys in for treatment today. We really did. And, and as you mentioned, uh, all four of the five are on offense. And then uh, uh, 30, I think that's Renee. He uh, he tweaked the hammy a little bit, so we'll see. Um, he's a kicker, so hopefully I still can bother him, but hopefully he can go. Uh, but more than likely, yeah, all those other guys are going to be having to show me they can play um, receiver-wise with KJ and Devaris. Um you know, I think it's about 50-50. I think there's a good chance one of the two will come on, but um, I'm not sure if both will be able to go. And running back, um, you know, I, I think both will be available, but certainly it would be interesting if both couldn't play. Boy, then I got, uh, I'm going to really have to find some new guys. Uh, is KJ still technically one more week on the sixth game, or, or, nope. or he, he no, cannot come uh, off? He can come off. He's up his six games, and okay. uh, now we just got to make sure, though, that if and when I put him in there that he's feeling confident. Um you know, it's good and bad about being ten one and one. You really want, uh, you do want to uh, keep winning, and you want to keep the thing going. But you also understand, uh, uh, you know, you'll be in the playoffs, and so you do not want to rush anyone back uh, before they're ready. So there's certainly some uh, some give and take there. I think Garrett says this with a smile on his face. He says, uh, "Coach, is Rob Maver considered a depth kick returner now?" Uh, one more time, I missed that. He said, "Is Rob Maver considered a depth oh. kick returner now?" <laughs> That's why I thought I missed something there. Uh, you know what? He's a better athlete than, he, than probably people know. I mean, yeah, he can run and, and do those types of things, and he does a great job fielding kicks back there. I think he's uh, obviously, I, from what I saw, I didn't get to see the the deals, but his face looked like I guess he was running scared. <laughs> and sometimes that's when you're at your fastest. So it's a really nice play by Rob, and I, I recognized him after the game because you don't always know when a key play is going to happen, and him to make that play. I thought that was excellent. Yeah, he was wearing the helmet in our post-game interview. He was very, uh, very happy about that. And I, I just thought that he was able to avoid the block because that was going to get blocked without a doubt. Looked like it. Yep, it yep. sure did. I don't know how he saw him or felt him. Um, it wasn't anything fancy. They just kind of came off the edge and we just didn't kick out wide enough for him and uh, obviously felt him and made a great play. Uh, uh, obviously, then Rob Cote peeled back. I think Maves had outrun Foley, but it was nice to get that extra block and, and spring him for that extra 20 20-plus yard run. Quick uh, comment on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, because they're up next on Sunday. Are you preparing for Brandon Bridge, or are you preparing for uh, Kevin Glenn, or are you preparing for both? For both. I think I think Kevin will play. Um, Brandon did a nice job, though, so it's up to them to decide what's best for them to win. But uh, they'll run very similar system. They are different players, though, uh, and, you know, that can also cause defenses trouble. Uh, if you have good confidence in both of them, um, 
was I was interested to see a Brandon, you know, win ahead of Vernon Adams. So I, I guess they they felt good about that. But they've got uh, great talent, and uh, you know, I do believe uh, they're a force to be reckoned with, and at home especially. Uh, mm-hmm. They really feed off their crowd, as we do here. It's a great advantage, and I'm glad our fans are showing up and showing us that great support. And we'll have to be at our best to beat them. You bet. It's going to be a noisy building, I'm sure. Yeah, it will be. And I think, honestly, it's one of those games uh, we've we come off this uh, back-to-back with Edmonton and then two with BC. we just got to make sure our energy's up. Uh, we have to match those guys and, and go after it. Coach, I know it's a game planning night for you tomorrow night, but I think we're going to see you out at the uh, the Gray Eagle Casino for uh, the poker tournament, so uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, All guys. All right, you betcha. Take Dave care. Dickinson, head coach of the Calgary Stampeders for Tom's House of Pizza. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to quickly hook up with Lisa McGregor from Global Sports, and then, well, because we're at the poker tournament tomorrow night, we're going to be joined by our CFL insider, Glenn Suter. He'll talk some football when we come back. By the way, Stampeder fans, i got a pair of tickets to give away for the Stampeders and the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, if you were listening to our broadcast on Saturday night, who did Greg Peterson select as the offensive player of the game? First correct caller through at 403 403- Three nine seven four talk four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. The offensive player of the game is selected by Greg Peterson. I'll be the first correct caller through. You got yourself a couple of tickets to see the Stamps and the Montreal Alouettes. This is News Talk seven seventy. Sports Talk with Jock weekdays from six thirty to eight p.m. on News Talk seven seventy Calgary CHQR.